and everybody. Uh, excited to be back. This is the third uh, third interview we're sitting down for in this series. And today uh, we're here with Bobby Ba. As most of you know, I'm Jared T. Bobby, pleasure to have you, man. I want to give a, a really quick intro, uh, and it's not going to do you justice. So definitely want to hear it from your <laughs> mouth. Too. Um, for those that don't know, Bobby's building like a million things at once. I don't know where you find the time in the day um, from being on the team at Zora and Nouns Builder. You're working on your own thing with Brick Studio and mine. Um, one of the most curious things, and I have to ask because it's in the bio, yeah. is um, Cocoa Butter Enthusiast. Where does that come from? That's, man, that's, 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 just, that's just my reality, Trod. I mean, and first, I just want to say thank you for, you know, bringing me on. But that is honestly the best question. Nobody's actually asked me about that. I've had that on my Twitter since, like, 2009 or whatever. And, like, you know, I just, I just, I got cocoa butter on me right now. So that's really, <laughs> you know, I just, I just feel like as a, as a community of developers, we need to, you know, treat ourselves and care for ourselves and so i just keep that on there no matter what the job what the status so it's just a consistent thing fair enough man coming smelling good uh yeah. skin skin nice and smooth i got you i got you well <laughs> i have a lot of questions to ask you um right. first of all and and i would encourage everybody if if you haven't already looked into bobby um it's at bobby underscore bob b-a-h Go and click on his mirror article that he has in his bio. Um, very well written. Uh, was was makes makes my job easier when I can find uh, uh, information like that. Um, but one of the first things I want to get into is how we get into Brick Studio. But before we get into that, that comes from you being from Newark originally, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And you know, I think uh, while you know, New York gets so much praise and attention for building such big, large buildings and businesses and stuff like that. I think one of the things that's really um, special about Newark is this like super industrial setting that, you know, is a little bit of a little brother to this big city. Well, to really two cities, Philly and uh, New York City, but there's so much history and people like just building out of like very little. And I think like a lot of the artists and revolutionaries and thinkers that come out of there have this like i don't know this grittiness that i, I really like to embrace and so uh brick studio was kind of born out of that like grittiness of you know we're always going to create I, I don't think i really had uh some super grand vision for like you know what brick studio would be but i uh, you know and this is something i'm trying to do with all the things i'm creating is like what is that what what do we have right now and what can we build with you know um there's a lot of you know tech is notorious for really thinking into the future and thinking about things we could have but i think with brick studio um i think in terms of like values that we really want to share is like what do we have right now what can we make right now to like make a difference in you know our communities and in, in these spaces and with these tools that we have and so the brick name specifically i mean obviously mm -hmm. there's a metaphor like laying bricks obviously you're building towards something right, but right. it comes from uh you know jersey itself right brick city like uh funny story right, right. The, first, the first cd i ever owned was actually red man welcome to the bricks um man man look i just i feel like the second i saw like red man and like meth kind of doing their thing like 
I, I don't know, like, I just saw so much, like, fun and, like, representation of, like, that, like, realness of, but also, like, that charm that comes with it, man. Like, there's something special about, like, just the way folks in, in Brick City can, like, really maneuver and really, like, all of Jersey. Like, we all have a little bit of, like, ways that we maneuver and do things. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, like, kind of kind of get you by surprise a little bit. Yeah, no, no, no. You, you're right on with the uh, with the meth and red man stuff. Like it's really fun. I I got to see them. It was like 2015. They did a show down here. I'm in Atlanta. They did a show down here in Atlanta, and my wife actually got to interview Red Man, and he's just he's just a goof. But it's a you know it's the most fun. Like you know he's just out here having fun. He's you know living his best life type of thing. Everybody loves Red Man. I'm jealous. Um, but with Brick Studio specifically, right? So. Um, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing from your, your mirror article, but one of the, one of the main bullet points on there was to help onboard people via education. And I know that you have kind of a background with the education, not just web three, but like you've helped to educate people as far as like tech is concerned, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Florio. Yeah. So I was actually before brick studio and all this stuff, I was, uh, working with another company, a friend of mine started, um, he was from Chicago, working in New York. I was actually like, I was just out of like boot camp and teaching, you know, as a way to like keep furthering my skills as a software engineer, but also like, you know, just like make an impact immediately, like with whatever skills that I just got. And so teaching was just like one of those good things that I uh, really clung to early in my career. It helped me like network. It helped me like build a community of people to like help me learn um, how to navigate tech, not just like learn how to code, but like understand like, Hey, those are technologies you want to use. You're doing this. Like why, why use JavaScript? Why care about these tools and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, when I was actually at Floreo, I was, you know, we were a small uh, company and, I was operating as a CTO um, and, you know, that was more of like a education-based services-based company that worked with a lot of different organizations and enterprises to kind of help them with staffing and talent and also like onboard a bunch of people into tech in like various ways, whether it's through like workshops, events. And um, one of the biggest things that we did was uh, do a, bunch of corporate sponsor boot camps with fortune 500 companies like uh target uh united health and you know what that taught me it taught me a lot about leadership taught me a lot about like how much tech changes people's lives um and just gave me like a big drive like to to really like keep doing what i do i think sometimes when we do tech we get really caught on abstract and numbers and all of these things that don't necessarily connect us to the the people and the tangible impact that it has. And so education has just kind of been those natural things like, you know, what I'm doing right now at Zora as a eng lead and, you know, education is a big part of like what I do and how we communicate and how we grow. And, you know, the things with Brick Studio that I really want to bring to the table is like, you know, I want to educate people, but not in like this, like, you know, scholastic, traditional scholastic way, but, you know, almost like when you're in a video game and you're like starting off and you're playing the tutorial, but you don't realize the tutorial is just like a cutscene of the game. Like just kind of want to do that kind of thing where, you know, slowly but surely through these like creative ideas, we're able to, uh, we're able to share a little bit of knowledge here and there. Um, 
but hopefully in a way that's like digestible. No, I love it. I love it. And, and, and that makes all the sense in the world, right? Like if you, if you're, if you're not going to where they are, right? Like who's going to receive it? Um, right. Which makes me want to ask, uh, and, and I have a ton of follow-up questions to that, but I want to go even, even further back. And again, a lot of this is coming from that mirror article that you had is, you know, you, you mentioned how you were on the grind of, of the application process and rejections and kind of got in that whole thing. I'm curious what, you know, knowing now what you do, uh, how would you approach that differently? And, it, you know, I, I want to kind of like an educational uh, moment, right? Like when, when people are out there grinding and like, you know, you get rejected 99% of the time when you're applying for jobs and stuff like that. Um, I mean, would you, what would you do different, if anything? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the things that I like would take away is that, you know, it's, none of that stuff is personal necessarily like you know the rejection is not personal it's just you know it's just a possibility to get like real feedback or really like understand where you fit in um i think one of the good things about me getting rejected is that i didn't accidentally end up in a space i didn't belong um which forced me to like really find okay where do i fit in where can i actually contribute which then led me to like working with a friend who's starting a company and like slowly starting to understand tech a little bit more and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I honestly, I wouldn't take too much back. I think a lot of, I, to be honest, I didn't even apply too much after first, you know, a couple of rejections. Cause I, I, I kind of saw, I saw that as like feedback as to like, okay, I need to get better and need certain skills, but also like, I didn't feel necessarily like super excited about those those opportunities or those jobs I, I kind of felt like i was you know just kind of doing what i do and i wasn't able to like make myself stand out um and i think that's one of the big things like i learned how to make myself be unique by doing the things that i was into because you know i'm going to do the work off the hours to get this done just because i'm into it and i think uh you know funny enough is that like a lot of folks who do get the big like engineering job is that they fit into a mold but they don't they may not necessarily stand out and so like you know after a while like the and this is not to say anything bad about google engineers because there's a lot of brilliant people who are at google but like you know after a while it's very hard to stand out if, when you've been to google at eight years and you know maybe you haven't worked on a product that's the most visible and, or you know it doesn't have the best structure and stuff like that and so I wouldn't take too much back, but I would definitely just embrace like, yo, like it just don't belong here yet, but you can keep finding out who you are through just like doing stuff. And luckily with coding, like you don't have to, nobody is going to stop you from coding, right? You can code anywhere you want on your phone, on your laptop. There's not, there's nothing that can really, unless, you know, God forbid you can't get Wi-Fi or electricity, like you should be, you know, good to go. Right. So um, I think just being in a space where I was like, okay, I can always practice this craft and keep getting better and nobody can really stop that. Then we're kind of good to go. And, you know, I'll, I'll, whenever, you know, it's time for me to be in a certain position, it'll be time. Yeah. No, no. And I, I agree with that so much. I, I say to everybody, you know, everything, 
everything happens when it's supposed to happen. It does make it right. now frustrating sometimes, <laughs> but um, you know, when you learning the patience. Yeah, it was frustrating, man. I was I was broke, bro. I was, you know, I was going through a lot of just like how to and out, you know, I mean you're in your in New York like I was and really trying to see like, all right, how do I make this happen? How do I get a job that lets me keep doing this thing, even though I don't have this job yet. And so, you know, and that's where a lot of teaching came in. And luckily that taught me all, you know, that exposed a whole different side of myself. So um, you kind of, sometimes you take those little obstacles and you just run with them. Yeah. Keep it moving. Well, and, and again, to quote you, you, you said finding the right place to apply your skills is a challenge. And I think that that's something that you can't know until you really start to get out there and, and get into it. So mm-hmm. to use your same example, right? So you said spending eight years as a Google engineer, maybe not looking at the most visible thing um, can be a challenge, but I think that's true probably for any profession. So just myself, for instance, I worked at the stock exchange for eight years mm-hmm. and at the end of it, it's like at a certain point, like you just kind of fit in with the rest of the people there. And like, that is what it is. Right. And so right. this is where I want to progress to like, how you come to build brick studio um yeah. among mine fm and and all the all the work that you're doing now but at a certain point you recognized that you had reached kind of where you would reach for from a personal goals like what you wanted to achieve what you wanted to be working on day to day and what i'm curious when you stepped away from florio because that was very much, uh, at least according to your story, very much an enabler to get you to a good spot. And so mm-hmm. f- from everything I can tell, it looked like it was a very good experience. Mm-hmm. So what was the catalyst that took you from that to be like, fuck, this might not be the most comfortable jump, but it's time right. to do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think what it gets down to is that, you know, I said before that Floreo was really doing a lot of education and service-based stuff. And you know, I first moved to New York when I was like 18 and I went to school for a little bit. And, but really the whole idea was to like be a creative. And I didn't really know what that meant when I was 18. But I was just like, hey, let's like be a creative in, in some kind of way. And what I found in tech is that the way you can really get the most like creative juices flowing is by building products. Like really, you know, having this focused vision on how to solve a problem and you know you know get users and express all these different ideas and mechanics and as i you know as things as the success came with where we were working with these big companies and getting contracts and stuff like that i realized that i was just moving farther and farther away from building product um and i think that kind of happens to a lot of people when they're at like you know when things maybe move faster than they thought it would all of a sudden you're in a space and you're like you know, you're delegating a lot of stuff and, you know, you're asking me to do this, but you're not really like diving deep into like, what is this sustainable model for a long term that really comes with like developing products. So when it comes to Brick Studio, you know, I didn't know exactly what it would be when I started it a year ago. Um, I just knew that something in my mind is going to want to create something and I need to have some kind of outlet for it. Um, whether how, how that works, I wasn't exactly sure, but as time went on and I started doing research and understanding what three space more and collaborating with more people, um, it started to make sense to just like how, 
what's the product that I can move with in this brick studio kind of ecosystem and like mine FM was one of them. Perfect, dude. Perfect. So yeah, it just in short, then it sounds like it was like a culmination of things. It wasn't like any one event or any one like epiphany right. like that. It was a number of things just like all together, right? Yeah, man. And I think it's it's uh it's hard to do that, especially when you like working with friends and uh it's yeah, it's never easy to have to like walk away from that, but since kind of doing that uh, just been able to learn a lot about myself and about all these different communities that I want to impact and you know and also it's just been like been able to meet like so many uh wildly talented people like in this journey so you know yeah, really yeah. Cool. I'm sure like with with the way that brick studio is laid out I'm, I'm sure you're just running across people uh probably fairly frequently and it's got to be pretty cool like you know i i very much enjoy like even meeting you and, and, and collaborating just from a you know a conversation standpoint or ideas or something like that i love that now you mentioned mine fm and you got to explain it to me the other day and i was i was excited yeah. to hear about it um let's give the uh the 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 quick version of it and then i'm going to dive in with some questions about mine fm yeah for sure so Mine FM, um, you know, the most simple version of it is a discovery platform that's built around discovering with a community. Um, and, you know, I think music is a huge piece of identity for us as a people, as this, you know, modern generation, very online generation. And with the blockchain and being really like as a resource for, it's kind of like universal identity, I think. I wanted to make a platform that took advantage of all this decentralized technology that allowed us to really like navigate the internet in this new way while being able to like own the things that you discover on the internet. And I thought that was just like really, really powerful for what the future of the music industry is. So yeah, in short, like MindFM is really about um, discovering music and discovering it with like a community. Perfect. Perfect. So, you know, from my understanding is not only will we be able to discover music on there and play music on there, like there will actually be, you know, uh, potentially like an NFT variable or at least a web three variable um, right. about right. that. Um, how's that looking right now? I know you're, you're gearing up to go like, For is sure. it data that you're coming out with? Yeah. So we're doing a, a small beta, um, you know, Q1 23, Super excited about it, you know, uh, really just getting it in the hands of people who, you know, creatives who are producing really awesome music and are looking for a platform to have it on. And so what MindFM is going to be in these like these early phases is one like, OK, I have, I have two secret plans for this. Like one is, you know, touching base with as many creatives that I that you know we have in our community um really kind of scaling and helping people understand what it means to have your music on the blockchain and to me that doesn't even mean um hey like use mine fm like what i want people to understand about mine fm is that it's simply a tool for you know on ramping into that new internet right and so not only can you do stuff in mine fm in its early stages and like mint music and um, share with people and all that stuff but you can also like go on future tape and play you can also see your music on OpenSea, and you can 
trade it and you know if you want you can do all these other things with it and you know make a DAO out of things and so uh a lot of what I want to do with my NFM in these early phases while we're rolling out features while we're just getting people to mint their music on the blockchain ethereum by the way and like really you know understand what the benefit is it's just like uh more than just like hey like all this digital stuff like music also means something in the real world right like irl and so we're also planning to do a lot of activations in the community and actually doing a bunch of like mine fm events to like touch down people and like really get people to understand like how to navigate a wallet like um i think what's really important for this next generation of uh, web3 or blockchain decentralized technology or whatever we want to call it is to like you know figure out all the all the speed bumps that like prevent us from making consumer products like right now they're really isn't a consumer product in web three and and i know you know you guys helen working on that as well as mine and like thing is is like these things are not gonna happen in isolation right like they they we kind of have to like set a foundation um technically speaking because <laughs> you know as i'm building all these things and you know like you mentioned at the beginning of the show is like there's a lot of technical um challenges right now that prevent blockchain from being like scalable into like everybody's hands and like being in teenagers hands and you know really allowing people to express their creativity on on the blockchain like there's there's a lot of limits and so the early phase for mine fm is just letting people uh letting people able to mint on a blockchain but also like in a way and kind of like that gamified way i was talking before but like that tutorial of like just bringing people on <laughs> like this, just getting people on. And so we're going to be doing a bunch of things um, in 23 IRL. Um, hopefully, you know, we're going to be starting in New York, but hopefully like expanding to different cities and you'll kind of see us if not on your phone and, you know, in, in your neighborhood in your local downtown or whatever. Well, yeah, you gotta make sure you make it down here to Atlanta, man. I'll be there for it for sure. Hey man, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta, they, I like Atlanta. I like Atlanta. I'm definitely, we're definitely going to have to, uh make it out there also a lot of i work with a lot of folks in atlanta too so that's that's definitely gonna be a thing awesome awesome yeah um i i, I couldn't agree more with you that uh you know I, I really think that it's so funny that uh you know as an art form uh in streaming right like it's such low pay uh for artists but you know music is like one of the universal things that everybody listens to all the time like but so many people will tell you like oh i can't go without music or you know it's just one of those things that really galvanizes a crowd or you know whether it's an event or just the radio or in your car like where else are you where, like you know people get in their car and they sing at the top of their lungs like their car is a force field from everything else but right, they're just right. developing their music right so um i agree with you that you know finding ways to bring uh it to more people uh in an easier way is is definitely needed um so i gotta ask you the hardest question of the night mm -hmm. <laughs> gonna be if i asked you to tell me what's on your you whatever you're streaming right now what are you listening to what am i listening to oh man okay all right i listen to a lot of like you know random like dj sets and radio sets online and stuff like that i was listening to I'm a I'm an Apple Music person simply because I am an old iTunes head and I just kind of transferred over. So yeah, Frank Ocean has this cool radio station called Lunar Radio that I've been listening to for a bit. 
Uh, man, I gotta cheat. I gotta check real quick and see right. who's on the, who's on the who's on there real quick. Man, I got. Uh, man, I mean, you know, since it's cool, I've been listening to a lot of Rosalia. A okay. lot of Rosalia. She's really awesome. Uh, Shmino. I like a lot of house music too, so it's always like some random edits and stuff like that. Uh, there's. Man, I got, I got, man, I can go all day. Like there's, I'm from Jersey. So there's a lot of Jersey club songs that are like getting really, really popular right now. Like at least Jersey club beats like that are getting super popular right now. So I've been listening to that. Kenny Beats, um, a lot of, so, you know, jazz. Is there anybody that you listen to streaming wise that you discovered in Web3? Oh yeah. I mean, the first one for me is like, I hate to sound like a Zora Homer, but Latasha, man, like she's, she's it. Like she's like one of the, I don't know, just like really dope presence and energy and like infusing like a lot of old school hip hop and, you know, shit that I just like grew up on and that like, it, it just feels good. And also I just feel like she's a part of like this really dope um, emergence of women in rap right now. And just having this like really just like, boisterous attitude that I, I really love and I also like the switch from like reggaeton to like hip-hop that she has so I would definitely say her um Rome Fortune is another one who's been doing his thing and web three uh man I there's there's there's, a, there's quite a few but I would say Latasha is probably like number one on my list yeah no I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Latasha fan just like you um what it's it's funny because she definitely has in her music this this you know this attitude about her and like this kind of mm -hmm. like that you that you really just like and like you said kind of a hip hop feel but when i and I, obviously i don't have to tell you but in person latasha is the sweetest damn person like she is so awesome yeah. um i was going to tell you as far as the reggaeton vibe is concerned there's there's a few people that are starting to um to show up in the web three vibe. So Excellencia is one. Uh yeah, man, you gotta put me on. Yeah, no, Excellencia. I'm, I'm typing this down right now. Oh yeah. Uh you got Bella. There's a there's a few people. There's a few people. I'll let you know for sure. Okay, cool, uh, cool, cool. So one of the things that I, I really enjoy that you're working on, and you had mentioned it with Mine FM just a little bit, is using this as a DAO. And I think that comes from you working on Nouns Builder, right? yeah yeah um for those that don't know can you describe I, i'm familiar but can you describe what nouns yeah. builder does yeah so uh nouns builder i guess in short allows you to make a noun style DAO. and so what a noun nouns <laughs> noun style DAO is is uh well there's nouns DAO um started by some really cool folks in web3 and essentially allows you it's a DAO where you sell one piece of generated art um, every day, and whoever buys that uh, NFT, that art, that token, then becomes a part of the DAO. Um, there's also a treasury that um, that is public that you know people can see when they go view that DAO, and the treasury will be used to uh, to the yeah the treasury will be used for different initiatives that proliferate that DAO um so you know it, our version of that like is essentially allowing people to create a DAO you know you can create a bunch of generated art of whatever you'd like and you can sell it at an interval 
um, while al also allowing like other DAOs to donate to other um, other wallets and stuff like that. And it's a it's a really really cool way to bootstrap capital and community and you know get people involved um in web3 and it's it's kind of just like opened my brain a little bit to like what like distribution actually means and like what collective action means and um yeah you know <laughs> it's still really early but things are going pretty well um we've got a lot of cool uh, other DAOs on there black hand i just saw hopped on there purple DAO, uh refraction DAO. so it's been really great seeing like other DAOs within the community like embrace like what this kind of style of DAO is because, you know, it, I think out of all the aspects in Web3, DAOs maybe hold the most potential in terms of like, you know, collective action and all these kind of dreams we have of like self-governance and self-ownership is like really represented in DAO, but it's also like that hardest mountain to climb. Um, because there's just so many complexities that go with it, right? And and a lot of levels to what a DAO can be. So um, building building Nouns Builder has been super cool, quick experience. You know, we the, the I started working with Zora to build out Nouns Builder uh, in August, and you know, a few months later we had it out in public. So yeah, it's been cool, and it's a it's a learning experience for sure because you know not only technically but like as just like ux wise there's a ton of things to like figure out about dao mechanisms and how to maintain how to upgrade and all these you know all these things yeah yeah like you were saying they can get infinitely complex if you if anybody's ever spent any time on snapshot like you can you can see right. um there's some that you know the ones that I'm, I'm most familiar with are the ones that emerged out of DeFi and like you know the, the complicated quorums that they put in 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 place and i don't know dude there's all sorts of stuff and 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 who does what and like how you enforce things and then how you delegate and then how you reward like there's just a million it could be like a whole major it could be like honestly like i i don't i can imagine in the future literally like a nyu student taking like a dow you know civil engineering type of class or major well, and, and to your point, right? So from an education standpoint, I think it's it's probably a really, really great time that like I I really, really agree with you that if if you were to get into web three, if someone would say like what should I get in, in web three? If say you're not necessarily coding, right? So you're not in solidity or, or rust or anything like that, right? Um I would say become insanely proficient with DAOs, right? Like yeah, there's yeah. going to be a really heavy use case for that in, in you know in the future tense and obviously there is now but even more so as we continue to proceed so uh, yeah. i love the work that nouns builder is doing and it makes it easy right like it's it's nice it's aesthetically clean like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it, yeah know. no shout out to the shout out to the team at zora and um the folks in nouns now just like supporting it and you know kind of just doing all the things necessary to support it in the public while also like educating community as like what it what you know what the purpose of nouns builder is and how it's proliferating things so yeah it's been it's been really cool to like work with everybody who's super talented and kind of just again like building this community through mutual you know mutual support um that's like really essential right now
The next thing I wanted to ask you, so it's been roughly a year since your mirror article. Uh, yeah. Mine FM is looks like the first thing to kind of come out of Brick Studio. Do you have more things already in mind that are coming after Mine FM, or is that just kind of like the central focus for the time being as far as Brick Studio is concerned? So I think in terms of like actual you know i think there's two sides to it like there for brick studio we see ourselves as a culture and product house and so i, I think for a product it's best to kind of focus our energies right now on one thing especially in these early phases and like really prove this this concept that we have of you know de-platforming music um with mine fm and like figuring out what that means and what i think will happen you know with whatever kind of momentum we get from that, whether it's a, you know, billion dollar company that goes public or it's a smaller thing that inspires a bunch of other products. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to learn from that and a lot of building that will come from that. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, and I'm also a believer in like constant iteration and figuring out like what's the next thing. So, you know, in terms of products, I think mine FM will be like the only thing for Brick Studio for a minute, but in the meantime, you know, we've been expanding the team, having a creative director, designer, and all this stuff. And I definitely see a lot of uh, more communal, uh, collaborative events. I've been talking with a homie of mine who has a label that wants to get into like wearable tech and how Brick Studio, Brick Studio can support that. I've been talking with a friend about like workshops and education. So I think in a more, I don't, I don't know what to call it because in this very like capitalistic tech industry it's like okay you, you know you want to make sure things are like profitable but i think right now what brick studio can function as is just like a lot of so social services in the creative web3 space um that comes down to you know all those other things that i talked about um so yeah we have the product and then we have this this kind of like community initiative and partnership initiative that we really want to um, get into um in the new year yeah, I mean, you definitely have your hands full. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to. Was curious that if if you had your eye on something else, like I don't know, you know, it, it's funny because a lot of the media. Uh, I was thinking about C, uh, Twitter CEO. You know, I was maybe, oh. maybe. Oh, <laughs> you know, I hear it pays all right, but it's it's a pretty pretty public job. You yeah. got to put out yeah. polls to see if people want you to stay as the CEO and whatnot. So, I would just get rid of the polls. <laughs> Um, but yeah anyway <laughs> um so one of the last things in in um i won't hold you too long but one of the last things i wanted to ask you is again right this has been about a year since you first kind of wrote that mirror article and like you know uh not to put words in your mouth but at least the last year for me what has transpired has been like more than what i could have imagined um what do you think the next year holds for you, right? Because like, it's been just from what I've seen, like it's been crazy for you. Like, there's been a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to be there. Yeah, and I think you know. Now that it's been a year, I I think that things will be. The idea is to get like you know, have a little bit more insight in what the future holds as as the years progress and understand like what you really offer and getting getting into that groove so you know i think last year was kind of like leaning into that unpredictability of like just starting out 
Um, and I'm kind of doing that with mine FM as well. I'll be a little bit more focused since it's a product. And I think that, you know, the next year is going to be about getting people onto mine FM and getting people onto web three, getting people onto like wallets, like, like very much like even, even my work with like nouns builder and stuff like that. It's like, getting people to do more stuff with their wallets like that's that's really like the goal for next year um and some of that may be in collaboration with other folks in the web3 space who are building wallets or you know expanding on features and stuff like that i think that's yeah that's really the goal like and while it's vague because you know there's a lot of other things that kind of come before that that <laughs> it's a whole year so you right, you, right. you know, get specific there Right. No, exactly. So 2023 for me and for Brick Studio and kind of everybody working with is just like, how do we convince more people to like make a wallet? And maybe we don't even call it a wallet, right? Like maybe it's something else, right? So um, that's, I think, the biggest indicator of success is if we can kind of like push that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I think we were on the same energy there when we first connected that um, a lot of this is is, is using web3 without necessarily having to say that you're using web3 i think once we can get over that hurdle like it you know it just it makes it much more you know the the inclination to use some of this stuff goes goes way up and then eventually it just becomes part of a you know a habit type thing you know i was talking to somebody who's you know not to date myself but i'm you know i'm in my mid-30s right now i was talking to someone that's my age and he was he's saying he's like you know i just don't get it i just don't get nfts and crypto and this and that and he was telling me earlier about one of his kids playing like, you know, Fortnite and, and things like that. I'm like, well, your kids get it. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And so that's the thing is, <laughs> you know, once the kids are on it enough, like eventually that that goes up. But, you know, that's obviously a little bit further down the adoption curve. But to right, your point, right. um, I think that there's a lot of onboarding to be done. And I think the first step is, is, is ease of use with a lot of the stuff like you're working on. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether that's music, whether that's you know decentralized like community and 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 uh, DAOs and things of that nature. So um, I think you're you're yeah. it's a tough fight, but you're fighting a good fight though. It's fun, man. I can, I'm not gonna lie; it's really fun figuring out these like new forms, these new like technical primitives, and like breaking a lot of assumptions about what does interacting online mean? What does it mean to like save an image or all that kind of stuff, right? Like, what does it mean to like do a transaction? Like, I think that that's something that starts to become really like different in people's minds. And it's, I, I don't know. I remember first time going on Etherscan and I was like, I felt like I was playing like Super Nintendo again. It was, it was kind of cool. Nerdy, that was a very nerdy point I just said, but it was kind of cool. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Well, it's, it's some of the, the coolest things. Oh, I mean, I guess this will speak to the DGen side of me, but some of the coolest things was when you had to mint direct from Etherscan. Like, right, right. It was really easy to mess that thing up. So, um, yeah. and then yeah. you know, if if something had already minted out, like, and then you know, a gas cost comes up and it says it's five hundred something dollars for that gas cost, like you're like, oh, like learning that that meant like you can't actually mint that type of thing. Don't waste five hundred dollars. Right. But, um, yeah, 
Yeah. Look, man, sure. I uh, I want you to give like, do you have any dates on the horizon? Anything that we should be looking out for as far as the beta test? And forgive me one second, I got to find my charger here. But any dates oh, on no. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I think one of the first things we're gonna do before we actually uh, release the beta is, is do an IRL event um, in New York. It's gonna be really dope. So um, most likely around February, we're gonna be doing an event to get you know get some early users and let people kind of interact with the first versions of my FM. So I would say, you know, hopefully February, you know, it's looking like we'll, we'll be able to gather some folks up and really kick off what I think is going to be a really special product with my FM. Well, I'm super excited about it. And hopefully I get to make it to a couple of these, but, um, yeah, man, no, we're going to make it to Atlanta. Don't you worry. We're going to make it <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, we'll stay up. Um, um, Bobby, I appreciate you uh, all the time, and thank you for anybody for for taking the time to listen in. And and remember, you can you can catch Bobby at at Bobby underscore Bob B A H. You can also check out Mine FM um, at Mine.fm. And if you haven't already, you got to make the uh, we got to pay bills around here. Please download the Huddle app H U W D L N. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. Thanks. Mm-hmm.